Now, here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. And we're not the only ones who've been talking about it, Gordon. The Michael K. Show. Michael, Don, and Peter were talking about the Adams situation earlier today. If I'm the Jets, I'm not allowing myself to be pushed. I'm going to work this at my own time, just like the Giants should with Saquon Barkley when that comes about. The reason the CBA is structured the way it's structured is that you have a chance to hold on to somebody for five years. But the big question on this is whether or not the Jets should play in the sandbox that would have to have Jamal Adams make $15 million a year. And it's like the old line about Branch Rickey when he was a GM of the Pittsburgh Pirates and Ralph Kiner was a member of the Pirates and led the league in home runs and, and wanted a big raise. And Branch Rickey said, you know what? I, I could finish in last place with you. I could certainly finish in last place without you. So as great as Jamal Adams has been, has he moved the needle on the Jets at all? And you'd have to say no because they've been terrible. Now the other side of this, the other side of the argument is somebody Somebody's paying Jamal Adams this money. Somebody will pay him $15 million a year. And you know that as you're trying to build this team up, he gives you the best at that position that anybody has. And if you want to have that type of player, at some point you're going to have to pay up. I don't think that point is now, but at some point you have to pay up. So what should the Jets do? Yeah, and that's what we've been discussing too, Michael. <laughs> so we're all on the same page. Sticking with football, the Lions are open to trading the number three pick. Gordon, Detroit, the GM Bob Quinn says he started having conversations about trading out of the number three pick, though he declined to say whether or not the club has offers on the table from other teams. Much like Dave Gellerman, who's never traded back in any draft in which he has served as the GM, says he will seriously entertain dealing the pick. Now, trading down is a reality for the Giants. Gordon, they have just two picks among the top 95 selections. And you know, the other three, I don't know if I brought this up on the air, With he has now made 16 picks as the uh, Giants general manager. And outside of a seventh round pick last year, he has only used one of those picks, one other pick, on an offensive lineman. Hmm. Uh, I see offensive linemen in the future. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I don't think, I really don't think Dave Gettleman can go wrong in the fan, in the, in the, in the eyes of giant fans because if he were to take Isaiah Simmons, I think there's a, enough of them that would look at that type of linebacker as something clearly the team needs. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that they would be overly disappointed. If they took the offensive lineman, I mean, I think that's what everybody kind of expects. And if they were to trade down, and still get an offensive lineman and get other picks along with it, I think the Giant fans will be happy. Just as long as Dave Gettleman doesn't go down some road that no, you know, if he goes defensive line, no, then I no, think, no, no. then I think that people are going to be ticked off. But other than that, I think that Giant fans are going to come out of draft night very happy with Dave Gettleman. I think so. That is a but bold prediction. Very bold. Very bold. All 30 teams will participate in the mock draft in order to test out their systems and processes ahead of Thursday's draft, which will be done remotely. According to our Dan Graziano, teams may choose from former greats as opposed to current prospects during Monday's trial run as no one wants to tip their hand before the big event. Hopefully all the Wi-Fi is working in the building. Yeah, Bel- Belichick is already trying to crack everybody's Zoom account. no question. Oh, no no question, question in my mind. He is trying to figure out a way. He's he's going to he's going to hack into the Wi-Fi when people in in, in his division his yeah. conference are ready to draft. He's going to you know shape shift into the actual cable wires. <laughs> that would be him. One day. 
Turning to the NBA, you know, Gordon, we talked about it. A couple of callers asked us, asked us about it this week, about Mike Thibodeau being the Knicks head coach. Well, Brian Windhorst was on the jump, and he says, you know, uh, Tom Thibodeau. I'm sorry, that's his cousin, Mike. Um, that would be the Brian next Wind- to get Mike Thibodeau. There would be. Brian Windhorst <laughs> on the jump said there are issues with making Tibbs the Knicks head coach. The issue is if you're going to go with Tom Thibodeau as coach, you're going to have to retrofit your entire roster to get Tom Thibodeau style players on there. He's not the type of guy who can come in and coach, you know, 12 guys that you give him. And we learned that in Minnesota when he couldn't get guys like Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins to play the style that he needed so much so that he had to go out and trade for, um, trade for Jimmy Butler and sign Taj Gibson. And do stuff like that. So um, if you commit to Tibbs, it's a huge commitment across your whole roster. Okay, that sounds uh, very – that sounds like the, that. that's a winner. Oh, my God, we can't <laughs> change the Knicks roster to fit Tom Thibodeau? What? I would think that they're uh, going to change the roster no matter who comes in here. Absolutely, whether Tom Thibodeau or not. <laughs> Mike Sticking Thibodeau, with the, Chris Thibodeau, anybody. Any of them. Speaking, sticking with the NBA – Tim McMahon was on the Hoop Collective, and he has the real reason behind the Gobert Mitchell rift. You know, Rudy sometimes worries too much about stats and status, and I think Donovan sometimes is a is a black hole offensively. And I think there was some kind of passive aggressiveness that had been bubbling on both sides. And the coronavirus positive test, Donovan, for whatever reason, has decided to kind of take a stand with that. Hmm. Uh, they eventually will get along. You know what they need? They need to win some games. Once they start winning some games and go deeper in the postseason, then that will heal itself. But, uh, you know, listen, just win. Then things will get better. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. College football, Bob Bowlesby, Big 12, on Golden Kawingo this morning, was asked, what will it take to bring back college athletics? You think about the games, and there's been much talk about fans in the stands, but it, this has to be safe for the participants, first and foremost. It it has to be okay for 125 young men or, or 20 young women to be in close proximity in a locker room and uh, be comfortable that they're not going to be sharing the disease. So, you know, that, that means testing and, and taking temperatures and, and sanitizing locker rooms in ways that they haven't probably been sanitized before. Uh, it requires a surveillance process. And so, you know, we, we're not sure when we can implement that, but we're doing everything we can to try and be ready. Somewhere there's a coach who, if he if he had his choice, he'd have the team in his backyard working out, lifting weights, doing something to try to get ready for whenever football is back. I'm just telling you, that's, that's how the coaches are. Yeah, Gordon, I, mean, I, I are. would say there's probably more than one. <laughs> probably most of them. That's if they could, they would. Mm-hmm. We end with Dr. Anthony Fauci. Yep. And he talks about... If we can see fans, large crowds coming back in sports. The answer is it is conceivable that we will be able to do that. I think there will always have to be attention to making sure that we don't do all that packing in together. I think we'll be able to have sports events in that phase where you actually have participants there. I'm not sure you're going to be able to do that uniformly and evenly, temporally with everyone. But when people get to that phase... Paying attention to the fact that if there is a rebound of any sort, that when you're in that phase, you can respond to that or you put it back and go in the other ways. 
Yeah, I, I, I hope that we'll have this conversation going, but I'm telling you, and it goes back and forth, and it really depends on, on what the latest news and stuff is. But you know what? For right now, let's just worry about making sure that we get people safely back to work, safely back to school, safely back to whatever our way of life is going to be. And hopefully we'll get some sports back eventually. But this rush to have fans back in the stands, look, just just relax. The fans are not rushing to get back, believe me. They may be rushing no. to watch. They're not rushing Absolutely. to watch you live. I, I would, although, you know what, Larry? I watch the news sometimes and I wonder, right? Yeah. Like, I wonder if you gave uh, the general population the chance to go and attend a sporting event. I think there's enough of them that would say, oh, yeah, sure. You know, they're going to the beach, right? I mean, what's the difference? So yeah. I don't think it's going to be a real concern. I mean, I think the owners would be the, the ones that want the fans back in the stands much more than the fans themselves.